0: Most stories of success usually focus on a person's highlight reel. In this podcast, those people will share what goes on beyond the curtain. You'll hear about their wins and losses and how those experiences created their grit and determination. There's no such thing as luck. Welcome to Beyond Grit with Robert Young. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Beyond Grit with me, Robert Young. So today I'm taking a little different approach to it, and I'm actually going to do myself. Um, Recently, it was Father's Day, and um, I had the opportunity, and if you were able to listen, it was uh, uh, an interview with me and my dad and uh, it was kind of cool, and uh, it was really cool to, to listen to his stories and listen to him coming up um, and and really how different it is um, from the way that he started off to the way that I started off. Um, and um, not that it, a good thing or a bad thing, but it was just different, and I started to um, kind of reflect uh, by myself and being a dad and I thought, well, you know what'll I'll tell my story. Um, it's and in, in because I'm coming to a new chapter in my life and my son, who's Robert, he just graduated high school. so he's 18. Uh, he'll be heading off to college uh, after the holidays. And my daughter is 20 and she's at App Stage. So I'm starting to, Nicole and I are starting to get to the um, Empty Nester stage. So it's, it's a little weird. It's a different transition. Uh, it's exciting. But um, watching them grow up and overcome um, many things as young adults and watching them and trying to help them, but not help too much and trying to encourage them and trying to get them from A to B to C to D is a big job. Um, you want to help them and I want to help them, but then you don't want to help them too much. You need them to be able to stand on their own two feet eventually. So, um, it's, it was really cool. Um, I remember back when they were born, and it's and it's vivid. And I remember where I was, and at that time I was a, a fireman in. Or I. That time I was a fireman in Shelby Township. And um, Nicole was pregnant and it was with Audrey. And it was so exciting because you're watching and we took pictures every single month of Nicole and uh, watching her belly grow and and it was it was great. And I remember I was at the firehouse and we were sleeping and um, it was 5.30 in the morning and I got the phone call that uh, she was in labor and I thought, here we go. This is it. I, I got in to my vehicle, I drove home picked her up, we grabbed the bag, we went to the hospital and I thought that it was going to be like you saw in the movies where I was going to race up to the front door of the hospital, they were going to run out with the wheelchair, load her in and away we go. But it did not happen that way. It was not that impressive. It was walking into a quiet hospital, walking upstairs, 6th floor, going there, checking in and away you go. And, you know, it was it was just funny that that's what I had in my mind um, for the first time. Because, you know, when you have your first child, that is the most important thing. Um, it, and it should be the most important thing in everybody's life, right? But it isn't. And um, so we, uh, we went in and started checking in. And it was funny. I remember when she was born. And we didn't find out the the sex of the baby uh the first time so that was a big surprise and i'm telling you it's probably one of the only surprises nowadays that uh that we have is the birth of our kids um as long as you don't get uh, to find out what the sex is on the ultrasound but uh, she came out and she was a little thing seven ounces she was seven pounds eleven ounces and um what a proud moment that was. So proud. You know, you cry. It's so emotional. Um, you get to cut the cord. They take her away. And you are like proud dad. I remember I would tell everybody that I just had... Uh, you know, a baby girl, and I'm a dad now. And I remember going and and getting a photo album because back then we had photo albums, and um, to take pictures of her and put them in the album. And, and I remember I was at the Hallmark store, and, and we don't even have—I don't think we have Hallmark stores anymore. But I was at the Hallmark store, and I was talking to the lady at the front counter, and I was like, Ah, yes, just had a baby. And I'm buying this, and it's my daughter, da, 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 talking, talking. And I'm sure she was like, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. Just pay me and be on your way. But it was, it was so exciting. Um, we went back, and in the hospital, that was the time that you were most comfortable because you had staff everywhere. But then they, they send you home, and you get home, and they're like, "Have at it!" And this was really before um, a lot. I mean, the internet was just kind of coming about, and this was so new. So you went to the bookstores. You were buying books. You were trying to be so prepared, and you were you were halfway prepared and halfway scared to death to bringing this baby home. And um, but we made it through and it was good, and we were watching her, and you're taking her for walks, and she's growing up, and, um, and then we decided, you know what, it's, it's time for another one, we're going to have another um, child, and one thing that we were very fortunate with is Nicole um, was able to get pregnant pretty easily, so when we wanted to have a baby, we pretty much had a baby, and. And I know that people struggle with that, um, but we were very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, This time, when we went in, we found out what the uh, the baby sex was, and it turns out we were going to have a boy. So um, we were we were fortunate and grateful to be able to have a baby girl and a baby boy. And um, when he was born, it was then. Now you knew that you know people weren't going to come and rush and uh, come and get you at the hospital doors. But uh, we waited up there and he was born. He was born fast. I, again, I was at the firehouse. I was sitting around the coffee table and the phone rings. And, you know, at that time, everybody knows that uh, it could be any moment. And they all look up and I get the phone call. And I was just getting um, scolded because Audrey had had a stomach bug and for days. And it finally was somewhat under control. And then I woke up to go to work that day and she woke up also and she wanted to eat. So we had those little Go-Gurts and I would give her, I gave her one of those and then she wanted another one. So I gave her another one and I go to the firehouse, I get the phone call. She's throwing up all over the place because of the Go-Gurts. And uh, then to make things worse, I get another phone call probably 10 minutes after that one that her water broke. So, okay, so now we have a sick kid who's throwing up all over the place, and her water broke, and so now we're going to the hospital. Um, Luckily, our neighbors next door, uh, the Sacamins, Nicole called Kelly, and she came over and, you know, bless her soul, she sat there with Audrey, sick, and took care of her while um, Nicole and I went to the hospital. And Robert was born, I think she was only in labor for maybe three or four hours. He was born pretty quickly, and he was a little over nine pounds. He was a big baby, um, big old baby boy. And he his chest was huge, this huge, broad chest. And um, but that time, you know, you're an expert. And uh, we had it under control and brought him home. And uh, his, his sister was so proud of him, so proud to, to be a big sister and to have her brother. Um, and then they start growing up. And you head into school. And you're trying to pick out the, the best schools in the area where we're are we gonna go. And, and you know, sports is, are they gonna play sports? They did some gymnastics and baseball. Um, and he was in second grade, and Audrey was in fifth grade. Um, and we decided that we were going to move. Um, so we were moving them from Michigan. To North Carolina so that was a big deal because you're 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 still and and I know that most kids don't think about this but you are trying to do what's best for them and what's best for the entire family and when people have to make decisions to move uh, you know and you feel the impact that that will have on them I remember we moved down here and the kids were with grandma and grandpa before they got down here because we wanted to close on the house and get their rooms ready and have it it, it be perfect for them. And when they moved down here, um, they liked it and, and enjoyed it. And uh, they actually rolled into it way better than I could have expected. Um, they... We're finding friends in the, the neighborhood um, because we moved here before the end of the school year. We, were, we thought we were going to move here in uh, the summer, but somebody at the school um, in Michigan told us it would probably be better to move uh, right at the end of the year so that the kids have an opportunity to go into class and to, and to meet friends, which that worked out perfectly and they they met their friends and it plus it didn't give them in much of a downtime um so they got going with that i remember um sports in general the kids were they're not super sports kids um but they they tried when we were in michigan uh, the baseball team was just a regular rec league team, and and that was one thing moving here I was very surprised about. Um, I thought we were going to take Robert and he was going to join the baseball team, and you know just to be able to get out there and have fun. And it wasn't that way. You know they had tryouts, and I was like tryouts and, you know they're only in in third grade and they're like well it's not like official tryouts to where you're not going to make the team but the coaches all sit out there in the outfield and then the kids come up and they have to perform different things in front of them and they have a list and they will pick whom they want to be on their team and everybody kind of gets divided uh, evenly Um, and I was like, wow, you know, what pressure on little kids, uh, to go through that. Um, and, and things that people need to take away from this experience that there are people out there that have kids, maybe they're not the best player. And when people sit around in the stands, and they moan and groan because your kid is coming up to bat, you need to stop that. Because when you have a third grader or a second grader, fourth grader, you know as a parent that they're not going to be the best baseball player and they're not going to the pros. They're just trying to go out there and play. And we ended up um, taking him out. Because he wasn't enjoying it anymore. And, you know, and that's sad that we have turned sports into a business in this country, in this area. And kids can't go out there and just play. And think about that for a little bit. It wasn't like when we were growing up when we could go to the field and play or you went in your coach's basement and there was a pile of uniforms that you went and picked out and you spent your time selling candy bars to raise money. Um, You don't have that anymore. And it's a lot of pressure on, on the kids. And it's a lot of pressure from them early on. Uh, and even, uh, Audrey used to play volleyball and she liked to go out there and play, but then it got to a point where it was over, you know, either you were excelling, um, rapidly or you just weren't going to play anymore. And, you know, those different things, um, really, uh, affect a parent mentally and it affects the kids too and that's just a small little thing so now add on the pressures of school and things like that and we feel it we feel it as parents and and raising those kids um and you just try to help them find their way um audrey had a a tough time we used to go we used to take them um hiking and camping And wanted them to get out into nature. And I'm sure that we pushed them, you know, so far and probably too far, but they were able to see so many things um, that they probably would have never been able to see hadn't we pushed them a little bit. Um, Did we ruin them from hiking? Hopefully, temporarily. Um, We went on some pretty pretty big hikes. And we traveled out west and we started to do trips um, for a couple weeks at a time because we knew that our time was limited um, with them in our household. So one of our most memorable trips, we went out west and we did a tour, uh, landed into, uh, went into Vegas, started in Vegas, spent uh, two days there, which we could have probably dropped that down to one. Um, but we thought the kids needed to see some of the Vegas lights and, and I think they liked it. And we went to a show, uh, it was fun. then off to Zion and Zion was amazing. Um, we had, that was probably one of, uh, two really big hikes that we did out there and the views and where we took the kids was incredible. Um, I'll have memories of that trip forever Um, from Zion we went over to Bryce uh, Canyon from Bryce Canyon we went to the Grand Canyon Grand Canyon to Lake Powell and Lake Powell to Sedona Uh, ended in Sedona well we actually ended in Phoenix because that's where we flew out of Um, and then the next year we did the Pacific Northwest and we did that trip and up through Vancouver and it was so much fun being able to spend time with them because once you once they get into high school, uh, they're either um, on their games or their computer or they're studying or they're with their friends, and really the only time that you have with them is when you take them away. And we'll still do um, cabins in the mountains here to spend some time with them, um, and. Now, you know, looking back at those, I wish I would have done it earlier. I wish I would have spent even more time. Um, I know this podcast is probably jumping around here and there, but it is what it is. And um, some of the things that I look back on and reflect on when I look at pictures of the kids, and I've told people this many a times, and I think this, I wish somebody would have told me this when um, I had kids and we were uh, raising them, that they are much younger than you think they are. Think about that. They're much younger than you think they are because you're with them and you think that, man, they're so mature and they're talking and they're so knowledgeable on this and then five years goes by and then you look back and you reflect back in photos and you look at them and you're like oh my gosh the expectations that I had for these guys back then were it was unattainable and they were so young and I remember yelling at them to be grateful and uh on a trip that we took to Florida, and they were like babies. They are young little kids, and uh, sometimes I, I'm embarrassed by some of the things that I did. Um, there's no perfect parent. I'll never be perfect. Um, I know that when kids grow up and they're going through living with their parents, they're going to be the best parents, and they're, they're never going to make a mistake, and I hope that's true. Um, parenting is... Hard. some people are much better than others. I think we were we were pretty good we weren't professionals we weren't the best. Um, I, I'd like to think that we were um, pretty good with the kids um, And now you know we were looking back I, I had a podcast with um, a gentleman yesterday and we brought up the COVID. Uh, time at home. And that was a moment in time that everybody was back together. And it was actually forced to be back together with each other in your house for long periods of time. And that was a time that I even realized it then that it was a special time. And we had our kids, we had our kids at home we were doing Sunday dinners where we would dress up. There were our Sunday fancy dinners and we'd dress up. Um, we did parking lot picnics because you couldn't go inside restaurants, but a lot of restaurants had carryout or curbside pickup. So we would do parking lot picnics and we'd take the dogs and, and get our food, set up our lawn chairs in the parking lot and have a parking lot picnic. Um, we we watched all the Netflix shows. Um, Nicole and, and Audrey were figuring out how to do TikToks together. Um, it was a special period of time. And then once things started opening back up, and another thing you saw out in the neighborhood were families and kids and kids riding their bike and families riding their bikes. And just hanging out and um, once everything started opening back up again all that slowly faded away and it's kind of back to normal Um, and I don't know what should be normal you know more time with your kids and being with family or back to just normal day-to-day living Um, I do miss having them home and in the Sunday dinners and, and things like that so It's, it's quite a time, you know, and I've raised the kids with boundaries and what I try to get from them is to understand that to be successful, you have to be responsible and responsibility comes with sacrifice and you have to sacrifice things in order to get to certain levels. Um, and you have to manage your time, you have to manage your money properly. I still don't think that they realize 100% of what you know it is to be self-sustaining, self-sustainable. Um, I moved out when I was 19 years old and I never really, I didn't look back. At anything. It was just something that I did. And it was funny, I was talking to my dad, and my dad started his business when he was 18 years old. And they started a business and bought a house and had kids. And you, but that was the norm. You didn't know anything differently. You just, that's what you did. And and that's what I did. And I never really asked anybody for anything. And I don't know if that was a pride thing or if it was something that was learned from my parents. Um, I never asked for money, for gas, for clothes, for rent. I was always on time with my rent. I always had gas to get to and from to work. And I was always to work on time because I knew that in order to have A, I had to do B and C. And I had to do B and C properly in order to get past or order to get the best A that I could get. And I try to instill that, you know, in the kids and those values in them, um, even at a younger age. Uh, I started working When I was very young, um, for my dad. So when you have a dad that has a a business, that means that you're going to be working in that business. I did that and paper routes and always doing little odd jobs. I was the kid that would knock on your door in the winter with the snow shovel and want to shovel your driveway for five dollars. I was always out there kind of grinding it out. Um, I worked and worked. I wanted to be on the fire department, so. Uh, it wasn't until I really met Nicole that that was going to be my uh, thing, and it was the encouragement, and that you can do it, and I did it, and I slowly moved up from being on the volunteer side of the department to the full-time to moving and getting my paramedic license and for going to you know school at night and from a paramedic then I could apply at other departments and went to Shelby Township for a few years and then finally uh, made it to Sterling Heights and that's where I they call it quit tired so I semi retired but quit at the same time from the fire department and that's because we moved to North Carolina, but. You know, there's so many things when I talk to my kids and listen to them and there people need, you know, certain people need help out there, but other people have the opportunity to grow and to mature and to work hard to get to where they want to be. And the opportunities are out there for them. And, um, and I took hold of them, but I didn't know any different. And I, I was talking about that before. There's so much information out there. We didn't have all the news channels back then. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have 24-7 information coming in. And I think that made life a lot easier. Um, so I know I went on a tangent about me, but um, I just want to see my kids strive um, to be whatever it is that they want to be and put that before um, the paycheck. Uh, Because if you're putting the paycheck before what they want to be, then you're always striving for something that maybe you're not. So um, being a dad has been very rewarding, has been very challenging. Um, He still keeps you up at night. You still set the alarm because you want to know what time they come in so you can hear it. Uh, You still want to know where they are, how they're doing, if they're safe, how their day was. And I don't think that stuff ever goes away. And I sit back and I do reflect on, you know, how I am with my parents. And I don't call them as often as I should. I don't talk to them as often as I should. Um, I still think about them, you know, I think about them all the time. Uh, But I should probably pick up the phone more often and call and say hi and just check in. Um, It comes with maturity. It comes with understanding that everybody has feelings out there. Uh, And so, you know, I hope that you guys as being, you know, young dads, middle dads, wanting to be dads will understand that. It's, it's super exciting, um, and just watch them. Just watch the kids, see how they want to um, grow, um, keep them within the rails, keep them on the rails, but let them kind of decide, you know, where they want to go in life and what they want to do, and if it is sports, what they want to do, if it's art, what they want to do there, music, you know, just ask them what they want to do, and you'll be surprised at the answers that you get, and um, don't, you're, you're going to make mistakes, and when you do make mistakes, apologize quickly and move on, and I've always done that, and I've always, if I lose my cool, I always reflect back, and maybe it was needed for me to do that Um, but at the end, you can apologize for maybe the way you reacted to it and move on quickly. Um, It's good. It's the most rewarding thing that you'll probably ever do. It's the most stressful thing that you'll probably ever do, and um, they will not know that, so don't expect them to be uber grateful for what you're doing. It's just your job. And that's what you do. And then when the final outcome happens, then that's when you can look back and say, you know what, I did a pretty good job. And they'll, they'll start to come and ask you for your advice. And they'll start to ask you what they should do here and what they should do with that. And do you like My boyfriend do you like my girlfriend and they just want your honest opinion at that time so um hopefully i didn't ramble on too much but um happy father's day in the past it was last sunday but again happy father's day and um hopefully you guys are hanging out and spending some time with your your kids and um this was this was my little story of uh, being da- a dad, and uh, hopefully I didn't bore you too much, and if you like it, this uh, podcast has been a pretty cool little thing for me. It's it's my little passion project, and I get to talk to people about um, their successes in life and their failures and how they got over their failures and, and grit, and talk about grit. Never give up on your kids. Never give up on your family, and that's your grit. Of getting through and perseverance, and um, if you you like it, head on over, subscribe, um, and like it and rate it, and I would appreciate that because uh, uh, more people need to hear uh, other people's uh, amazing stories. So I am finally signing off. I'm done rambling on. You guys have a good rest of your day. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And Be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.